Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, 
But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Good evening and welcome to another segment of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. I am your host for this evening, Chaplain Kevin Graves. I am with you every second and fourth Monday of every month. Of every month. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> Pardon me. I know it is Tuesday. Uh, due to another obligation, I had to uh, postpone uh, yesterday's uh, segment and uh, move it to Tuesday evening. And I just want to thank everyone for joining me this evening. Thank you, Dr. Ganny. Uh, thank you, Mr. Ganny. Thank you, Dr. Sonny Abomo, my brother. Uh, it's always a pleasure to work with you. And uh, I always like to give honor to whom honor is due uh, when it comes to kingdom work. Uh, tonight's segment is a very interesting one. Um, I want to discuss with you tonight uh, the significance of relationships. Uh, tonight's topic is how to build how to build kingdom relationships, and this is something uh, that's really near and dear to my heart. And I've, I've even had discussions with this uh, with a prophetess uh, friend of mine uh, regarding uh, the importance of building kingdom relationship and not all of us have a kingdom mindset Um, many of us we were in a church age mindset where it's about establishing uh, a building and, and and making sure that the seats are filled but i'm here to tell you that that was not the purpose of jesus christ to fill the to fill buildings the purpose of Jesus Christ, beloved, is to establish 
the kingdom of God, to advance the kingdom of God. And that is why this is such a near and dear subject, because I want to really stay on message. And the message of Jesus Christ is not to establish churches all over the world. Now, some might say, well, you know, but then that goes against Scripture because then the Bible says that we're not to forsake the assembly. And that is not the message uh, that I'm trying to ignore, not at all, anything, anything. But we need one another. The Bible even supports the fact that we need one another. There's a scripture in Proverbs as, uh, that, that, that reads, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. So that is significant. And we need one another. We need one another to, to, to be able to pull through certain trials. Certainly we need God first. But, yes, we, sometimes it helps to have a co-laborer. Uh, it helps to have someone who is uh, 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 like-minded with you, who can tarry and who can pray with you, who, who can help you through your, 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 your situation that, that you find yourself in. So that is our focus for today. And, I, again, as we always do, we open in prayer and we give God thanks, we give God honor, we give God the glory, and we just ask, Heavenly Father, that you would be glorified in this message that is going forth. Lord, put your hands on it. Breathe upon it, Lord. Illuminate it, Lord. Bring us to another level in our understanding when it comes to the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Lord, we ask that you would usher in your that you would usher us into your presence. That Lord, you would take over this segment of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. That Lord, you would Again, pour out your Holy Spirit that you would open our spiritual eyes and ears, Lord, to what you are saying. And, Lord, we decree and declare that no weapon formed against our sound system, formed against any instrument that would keep your word from going forth. We thank you for the privilege of being a part of this kingdom movement. We give you all the glory and all the honor and praise in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, tonight's subject, uh, brethren, is how to build kingdom relationships. I want to go back to something I initially said with regards to a uh, church age. We, many of us within Christianity, we have been indoctrinated. We have been uh, 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 set up to think that, okay, I go to church on Sunday, that's good. Or whatever day you attend service, God bless you, and that's it. The message of Jesus Christ, Jesus, and even after Jesus, the message even of the apostles, which is a kingdom message, so when we talk about what the apostles did, all they did was follow the instructions that were given. And Jesus makes it very clear that we as kingdom representatives, as Christ embodied the very kingdom of God, Jesus Christ who came in human form, as we just read, he, he, did, he made himself of no reputation. He embodied the kingdom of God. 
He walked with authority. Yes, there was a meekness and a humility about him, but his walk was powerful. What made his walk powerful was the fact that he was anointed. He was powered. He was given power from God. The Holy Spirit was with him because he is the Holy Spirit, in essence, in the flesh. He embodies the Father, hallelujah. He is the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, some might say, wait a minute. Now, that doesn't make sense because then he had to ascend in order for the Holy Spirit to now descend. Now, if we understand anything about the Lord, the Lord is not disproportionate from himself. When we think of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are one. They work together. Each one has a specific role. So when we think of the Son who embodies the essence of the Father, yes, the Father is greater in the Godhead, and yes, the Son has a, who, who came, who always was and always will be, God manifested in human form, and in so doing, there was power and authority to do what? to cast out demons, to bring deliverance, to bring a message of salvation to those who are lost, to break the bounds of religion of religion and religiosity and the damage and the burden that it bestowed upon the people. So when we think of Jesus who embodies the kingdom, he walked with authority. Yes, in all of in all of that and all of the fact that he represents and is the embodiment of the kingdom of God, he came as a man, which means he had human issues, human concerns. He felt as we felt. Scripture supports that. And what we're trying to unveil today through this particular teaching and what has been revealed to me and what the Lord has given me to, 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 to share with you uh, this evening, is that now that Christ has ascended, he has ascended. He is no longer here on earth. He sits at the right hand of our heavenly Father. This is what the Bible tells us, that he is in heavenly places now. And now, 2019, now that Christ is no longer with us, he has given us a mantle that mantle of authority and kingdom has been given to his people. But I'm here to tell you this evening, do we have the capacity to understand what that mantle represents? Do we have the capacity in the spirit now to understand what kingdom is really all about? So as our Savior, Yeshua, Jesus, the Christ, has ascended. He is no longer here on earth. He has now left a mantle. When he ascended, he has now given us instruction. He has now given us a commission and a mantle to now do as he did, in fact, even greater than what Jesus has done. Hallelujah. He can move with authority and with power. And when, whenever we come into a region, a nation, that nation, that region, that territory will be changed. Why? Because of the authority that we carry. No authority in ourselves because we have none. But the authority of God, the authority, hallelujah, even, yes, in Acts 
of the apostles. You have the seven sons of Siva. The scripture says before those demons had jumped on the seven sons of Siva, hallelujah, the scripture reads that God had wrought in Paul the power, hallelujah, to do miracles, and not just miracles, but special miracles. God had wrought this power in Paul to be able to perform special miracles. But what the sons of Siva did not realize is that this, <laughs> is that those demons, hallelujah, said to them, wait a second now, but okay, you're going to cast out demons in Jesus' name who Paul is preaching, but yet you don't have power and we don't recognize you. Uh, by the way, those demons recognized the power that was in Paul, the Holy Ghost, and they also recognized the power in Jesus, the Holy Ghost, that was operating and in in, in, in moving and and performing these mighty signs and miracles. So if this power that we're referring to, this Holy Ghost, is not of ourselves. So today, my brethren, we too, we too have been commissioned to go out and to perform these signs and these wonders, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Now, here's the key. Here's the key of this kingdom. Of this kingdom. Scripture says in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10, verse 38, and you can go there if you'd like. Scripture reads that of uh, God through Jesus Christ, in fact, how God anointed, this is in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Scripture reads how God anointed, I'm going to say that again, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Hallelujah. So there is your evidence that, again, what Jesus was able to do was not by any other power, but it was the power of God that gave him the authority to be able to perform the mighty works and the casting out demons and the healing of the sick. All of these things were not done through some familiar spirit or through Beelzebub, but done through the power of God. As Paul did the same thing in the other apostles as well, they were able to go into territories and regions in the name of Jesus to be able to do what? to perform the work of the kingdom, and that is what we're all about today. As it was then, it is still today. There's no scripture that says that at any point in time, our Lord stopped pouring out his spirit. He stopped performing miracles. He stopped healing the sick. He stopped casting out demons. There is no scripture to support that there was a cutoff. Kingdom would not be revealed ever again after the, after the apostles. The kingdom of God is still in operation today, and it's still waiting to perform the acts of Jesus and the apostles of old. So, beloved, with that said, this is our dilemma. What are we doing if we're not doing kingdom? What are we doing if we're not doing kingdom? And that's a question that I had posed to myself. I said, how do we build this kingdom, or maybe rebuild it in a sense where you don't hear very much about healing and deliverance. You don't hear very much about kingdom anymore. We've become so 
preoccupied with doing our own thing. Oh, yes, we're putting the name of Jesus on it. We're putting a cross on it. It sounds good. There's Bibles in the church. There's messages of salvation. It all seems to sound good to our ears. But is it really kingdom? Really kingdom? There's a scripture. Many of us probably know about it. And it's in John's gospel where Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is the way, he is the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. There is no other way to enter into that sheepfold. Some people will try another way. Some people will will, 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 will open churches. I'm not, I'm not indicting anyone. I'm not using any names. There are individuals who will use the human frailty, the vulnerability, the brokenness of others to cash in on it. There are people who will establish these houses of worship with the sole purpose of making money. Dare I say that? For the sole purpose of making money. It's nothing more than a cash cow. It, it, you have individuals who are out here, they don't care about souls. They don't care about uh, uh, feeding the people. What, 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 they don't care about community. They have no sense of fear for the things of, of the kingdom of God. And therefore, they are entering into the gate a different way. They're going through a different door. They're not entering in the way that Jesus told us to enter. But their way is a way to feed their own belly. And I am here to tell you that there is no other way. The Lord makes it very, very clear. If you try by some other means, by some other way, you are a thief and a robber. And, Lord, we just ask that you would have mercy on anyone who is taking this gospel for granted. My brothers and sisters, with that question, how do we build, the, how do we build kingdom relationships? And that, that, that's a question. That's a question that needs to be posed. How do we get back to that place? How do we get back to the great gospel? How do we get back to that same ministry that Jesus had? that the apostles had. How do we get back to that place? Well, number one, and I also want to say, uh, uh, please take notes as well. Um, I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to just give you some bullet points here, and you can take uh, number one. How do, we build the, how do we build kingdom relationships? Well, one, beloved, we must be born again. We must be born again. Scripture says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So therefore, what we're talking about here is that there must be a spiritual rebirth. There must be a renewing of the way we think. You know, it, it's very, it, you know, it's really amazing because, you know, growing up in a Catholic household, you know, there was a certain way we did things, and we didn't deviate from those things. 
And, you know, I'm very happy to say that when I look at my upbringing and I look at where I'm at today and I give God all the glory and all of the honor and I thank God for my process and things that I've had to be exposed to and see for myself and, and make certain decisions and, and, and maybe even make some wrong turns along the way. I thank God for all of that process that I had to go through in order to get to where I'm at today. And, and, and the journey is still going. And I'm still understanding and, 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 and still learning and, and open to learning new things and hearing from different people and, and, and hearing different points of view, whether it be a world view or, 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 or perhaps a, uh, a religious view. It's good that we can sit down, and even those of different faith, and even uh, uh, getting off message a little bit, one thing my chaplaincy registration or certification has done, it has allowed me to be able to sit down with people of different faiths, to be able to sit down with them, not compromise what I believe, but be able to sit down and hear them out from their perspective and, and, and to break bread together and to learn from one another. And, and, and for me personally, that's advancing the kingdom. It's not religious in any way, but it's sitting down and being able to talk, find out where they're coming from. Uh, you, you, you'd be surprised. You, you really can learn a lot about different uh, uh, ethnicities, uh, 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 races, religions, if we merely just sit down and just listen to what folks have to say and we can share. So in order for this to happen, we must take on a different mindset. There must be something different about us. We can't be religious. We can't say, no, I don't sit down with this particular group of people because they don't believe what I believe. And, I, you know, I, I'm secure. I know that I know. I stand on kingdom. When I meet with people of all backgrounds and faiths, I, I am a kingdom representative in that room. I represent, and, and, and as I said, I'm saying with this, I'm saying this with all humility, that we must enter into those types of places where we are kingdom representatives. In essence, we represent kingdom. We represent a different type of view, not according to what maybe others have heard or know to be true, but we come to them in the spirit. We come to them, yes, in the natural, of course, but we come to them with a spiritual mind, with a movement of God, with a mind that is not fastened to four walls, not fastened to an ideology, not fastened to a religion, but fastened to kingdom, kingdom mindset, kingdom God focus. Lord, in order for us to move, this movement requires ideas. It requires even resources. What can we do to advance your kingdom if we don't have resources? We need power. And that's the one thing I see in many cases. The church lacks not just the Holy Ghost in many cases, but we lack ideas. We lack principle. We lack we like, okay, yes, we may uh, we may disagree with one another, but you know, in the end, you know, as, as I believe Dr. King said many years ago, you know, it's okay that we can disagree without being violently disagreeable. It's good that we can sit down and we have leaders in place who know the importance of movement. 
Their move is God's move. It's not a move based on their own personal interests, but they are moving according to the will of God. These are men and women who are fervent in, in their prayer life. They hear from God, and they move according to his perfect will. They don't do anything based on numbers, but they're moving and trusting God that he is going to perform the impossible when it looks like, "Mm, I don't think that door can open. That's too big. Let me tell you something. Jesus, who is our Messiah, he is our Savior. And might I say, he was a man who had, he thought like an apostle. He had an apostolic move about him where whenever he would think, people just marveled at the way this man spoke, at what he thought. So, but yet they still, the religious folk anyhow, still could not wrap their arms around the fact that who gives him the authority to say what he is saying? Jesus he was conducting, I don't, I don't want to just say a prayer meeting, but it was like he was having some sort of a international conference or some type of summit to prepare the minds of the people to let them know that everything that you know, everything that you've read about me according to Moses and the prophets, I am the fulfillment of those things. Everything that you've hoped for, everything that you've laid prostrate on the, on the ground for, everything that you've prayed fervently to Adonai for, that now he is that fulfillment that, yes, this day, this day, this hour, everything that you prayed for and asked for has now come to you, has now come to the forefront. It's right here in front of you, but they couldn't see it. Their minds could not wrap around the idea that there was something unique about this man. And we struggle with this even today when it comes to advancing the kingdom. We can't fasten our minds around, Lord, how could you do this? How could you possible? And a lot of us, we think small. We've been bound to small thinking. Our minds are in a cocoon, but if God could ever just unwrap the layers of that cocoon and and get us to now begin to think even outside the box. If we can begin to think according to to, to the mind of God, what the, the, the kingdom would be unstoppable. Satan, we know he's defeated. He would have no power over the church. He would have no power over the people of God. And when I'm talking about the church, I'm talking about the people of God. He would have no power over us. Why? Because we understand the importance of how to bind and to loose and to understand that we are moving, not according to our own understanding, but we are moving in the spirit. And if God says it is possible, it is possible. Lord, I believe you, but Lord, help my unbelief. And this is what I'm referring to when it comes to build, building kingdom relationships. Kingdom-minded people, kingdom-minded people cannot be around everybody. Kingdom-minded people cannot hang out with just anybody. Why? Why? That sounds haughty. 
kingdom-minded people. Jesus didn't hang around with everybody. Sure, they thronged him about and they followed him, and, and not many followed him after. He, he said a few things that it was very difficult to understand. A lot of folks didn't understand him, so they said, I don't understand it. You know, and they went on about their business, which is proof the life of someone who moves according to kingdom, it is a lonely life. Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to agree with you. Not everybody's going to follow. They'll follow you maybe even for a little while. You say, hey, you know, you may look good and, and, and sound good, and, 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 and I, folks really, uh, they, they, they hear what you're saying. But once you start getting in their business, I'm telling you, folks are going to start saying, oh, wait a second now. Okay, now things are starting to change now. Let me tell you, kingdom business is a lonely it is a lonely walk. It is a lonely walk. Not everybody's going to agree with you, and we just have to get to a place where, where we become thick-skinned because if, we, if we're too sensitive when it comes to matters concerning the spirit, then eventually what will happen is that we will become, we, we will become prey for the enemy. We must enter into a mind that says, Lord, I don't understand why I have to go through this, but I'm just going to trust you in the midst, which is why, again, number one stands out for me. How do we build kingdom relationships? We must be born again. We must have the mind of God. We must put on that, 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 that armor. Hallelujah. We must have the whole armor of God. We need Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Spirit to transform our thinking so that we can now enter into a place so that when those arrows start coming at us, we know where those arrows are coming from. We send them back to where they came, and we begin to war not according to, again, our own understanding or in the flesh. We begin to war in the spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Number two. It is important when we are building kingdom partners that we be like-minded. Scripture tells us, hallelujah, I just read it to you even in Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 through 15. It is important that we have the same love and be in one accord. It is very important that we have the same vision statement. We must be our vision is not the vision according to a teaching within the four walls, but our teaching and our understanding is moving throughout the world. Not everyone is called to uh, an international ministry. However, for those who have the anointing and God has called them to international ministry, those individuals are called to go out, to go out, to not be confined to a system, but to move out and to go out and to preach the gospel. This is what Jesus has commanded us to do. And even those within uh, the church, we have to go out and do the work that God has called us to do. And, again, it's very, very important it's very, very important that we do not do anything according to our understanding. The anointing of God, that smearing, that covering of God, 
who sends his men and women servants out to do certain things, we must understand, and maybe this is another segment for another time, what does it mean to be anointed? What does it mean to have that that, that call on your life where God is calling you to a particular ministry? It's very important that we have an understanding of what this means. Number three, we must be willing to smell like sheep. Now, I, I this is something that I've had a conversation with a prophetess of God, dear sister of mine, and she had used this term, so I'm not going to take credit for it, but I wanted to write it down because I, 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 it really touched my heart when, when, when she said it. And she was referring to, to David, and we would have conversations, and, and, you know, and she would ask me, so what, 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 what do you smell like? And, oh, excuse me, who do you smell like? And, you know, it may sound odd, (laughs) but nevertheless, it was a question that really caused me to think. And it's like, well, that's true. Who do I smell like? Who do we smell like? Now, David was a shepherd boy. He would tend the sheep. And I'm not a sheep herder, but from what I understand, sheep don't smell very good. So if you're going to hang with the sheep, and you're going to tend to them, chances are you're going to begin to smell like them. So I think that's a very, very powerful point, a question that she had asked. Who do you smell like? And that smell, whatever we may be going through, now who do we smell? Do we smell like like, uh, Jesus, or do we smell like something else? And These are questions that we need to really ask ourselves. There has to be, and the point of this is, is that in that, there has to be a willingness to want to go to those places where you do not want to be. There are places where the Lord is taking us in preparation, in preparation for what he has called us to do. He has positioned us in places, wherever these places are. I don't know. Each person, each call, each place. The Lord has called us to certain places that are uncomfortable. They may be even too small for us, where we're even wondering, why are we still in this? Why, why is it that I have to go through this particular situation? It is because of that smell. It is because of even what David had gone through. And I think that is so, even for today, so even when we hear uh, about Scripture uh, referring to David being a shepherd, that is what God does. He will put us in these very uncomfortable places, these places that really cause us to just cry out and groan and, and ask for better. And in the midst of that, we have to be willing if we are to advance kingdom, we have to stay, as the scripture says, as I just read to you. Jesus said, very, 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 I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. So while we're in that place, we can't say, no, 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 Lord, I don't want to go there. He says, oh, but you, 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 I called you to the prophetic office. 
you know, but I don't want to suffer like prophets do. Well, then it's, we can't enter in another way is what I'm trying to say to you. Whatever God has preordained, has predestined for us, that is the path we have to take. Why? Because in that, in that we are being, we are being uh, uh, cultivated, in that we are being pruned, in that we are being nurtured and prepared and being taught how to go about the office, whether it's of the uh, prophetic, whether you're called to be an evangelist, a pastor, hallelujah, whatever God has called you to uh, within those offices. He has specifically, he has given us a time of preparation. And in that time, it's going to, it's not going to be easy, but it's what our posture is in the midst of that place. What are we doing in the midst of, of, of that place? Are we productive in that very tight, in that very tight place? Or are we complaining and whining, making the process even longer? So that's something I just wanted to uh, share with you with regards to building kingdom relationships. With that said, it is 7.41 p.m. I would like to open up the phone lines for any questions or comments, or maybe if there's someone on the line who's in need of prayer and and, and you want to know what it means to be a kingdom partner, uh, uh, by all means, uh, we'll pray with you. And uh, nevertheless, I would like to open up the phone lines right now for any questions or comments regarding tonight's uh, topic, which is how to build kingdom relationships. Caller, you're on the air. Any questions or comments at this time? If not, then I'll just continue. I praise the Lord. Uh, praise the Lord. Good evening. Hey, good evening. God bless you, man of God. I just want to commend you and say uh, welcome back. Uh, it's truly a pleasure and an honor to hear you on here. I'm elated that you are back on here bringing such powerful truth. Um, I-, I wanted to say in reference to your, your statement, <clears throat> about building kingdom relationships. Um, one of the things that I, I've observed from my observation, personal observation, is that, number one, a lot of times people do not know what kingdom means. So oftentimes mm-hmm. we have expectations of people that do not have the mental capacity or the knowledge of what it means to be kingdom. And so we cannot have expectations of people to be kingdom or kingdom-minded or even as much as have kingdom partnership if we don't know what kingdom means. And so I believe that first has to be defined because oftentimes church, the religious system, the traditional religious legalistic system is oftentimes confused with kingdom. And and so what begins to happen is that when you have uh, individuals that are very religious um, in, in, in their ways and conduct and the way they're doing things, and then you have people who are kingdom-minded in, in one particular place, it becomes very conflicting uh, because there are different approaches and different views, see things from different perspectives and spectrums, um, the way they... Uh, conduct themselves in ministry is two, two totally different things. So you're talking apples and bananas there. And as a result of that, it makes it very difficult for people to 
come together and even have partnership. They can't have unity and partnership because the way they perceive things are totally different. And and now you have people that are doing church and they're used to the protocols and the bylaws, things that are written, things that are done by the law per se, uh, man-made rules. This is how we've done it and the pastors before that have done it. And so we're, we're going to stick to this routine, stick to this regimen. And, right. and now you're having a new breed of millennials and radicals that are coming up and, and they're just, they're tired of their way of living, and they're coming into churches. They just want to do things God's way. God, what do I do? I, I want to go out there and help the homeless. I want to go out there and impact the nation. And so there's two different cultures literally trying to cohabitate in one place. And, and, and so because of that, there cannot be any true partnership or, or unity. Now you have everybody doing their own thing. Some are to establish their church building. Some are looking to establish their own name. Some are looking to establish their own platforms. And everyone is doing their own thing instead of having one kingdom agenda. And I just believe that we have to go back to the basis, basics. Mm. And not just going back to the basics, but stick to it. Because it's the basics that, that we lay the foundation. And we need to go back and check that. Where have we gone wrong? What do I need to do differently? Uh, and just begin to examine the life of Christ. And so it's not that difficult because it's already written for us. Examine the life of Christ. If you examine his life, you will know what kingdom means. He is the mm. epitome, the, the, the direct definition of what it means to be kingdom. Mm. And, mm. and so we have to study his life in order to be able to build a healthy relationships and, and, and connections and partnerships and, and to do things God's way. Too many of us are doing things our way. Uh, and, and just getting back to um, teaching principle, but also being open to also being open to God's revelation, fresh revelation that he has for his church. Um, and I'm sorry, I hope I'm not taking too much time. I'll just take one more minute to say No, that's point. okay. But also being open to uh, that times are evolving. And I think that's what a lot of people are getting stuck with, changing. Though the word of God does not change, though God is immutable, he's unchangeable, uh, his standards will not change. I think we're to keep the godly standards we're supposed to, we're mandated to do that. But we also have to evolve with time. And so, yes, we can have church and have it the way we used to do it, but, and we can also re- revisit that from time to time, but we also have to realize that we're in a technological era, and, you know, we're, we're, we want to appeal to the youth, we want to appeal to um, the prostitutes, the, the homeless, those who, drug dealers, we have to also be mindful of them. How can we save those people in order to have partnerships? So in order to be on one accord, because God died for them too. And, and, and I'm just going to make this final part, point, and I've heard a lot of um, old traditional preachers say, okay, well, now we have this, this purge of, of, of upcoming pastors that are coming up on Facebook, and they're Facebook preachers, and all, there is, all they are about money, but 
did you get to hear from their point of view? That's right. Did you hear from them? How can you account to them? What godly advice do you have for them? What are some things that you can teach them or mentor them and help to cultivate them to not to make, you know, deadly mistakes in ministry? But do not, do not criticize their approach and the way of how God is using them. And I can say that for myself, my own personal experience, because coming mm. up in ministry, I've lived very much like David. My life has been like David, and I've done it the church way, right? I've done it the church way. I've done the protocol. I have been in churches, served in ministry uh, for one ministry for 10 years, done it their way. That was not to my benefit. It was too religious in nature. I could not grow. They were not cultivating me. I was stuck, bound. Went to another church, same thing. I'm in another place now, same thing. And, and I'm like, okay, God, this is the third. And to the point where God says, you know, now I'm going to do it. I'm going hmm. to establish you myself. And, time, and a lot of times people don't think that God can do that. Think that hmm. you need their permission and need to go through their religious system and their religious way for God to use it. And God says, no. He says he's changing the pattern of things because he's going to yeah. let his gospel get out there by any means necessary. And, and and he's even allowed me to be one of those ministers, of course, establishing my network, but um, be one of those ministers that's able to get the gospel out there on social media. And even people uh, giving into my ministry. And some people will criticize that and say, well, you know, that's not godly. That's not the way you should do things. And, and mm, people are embezzling. No. You don't know the instructions that God gave them. Right. And it's because of that, God has been using people who believe in the ministry, believe in the work of God. They see the supernatural. They naturally give it. And, and mm. by them doing that, by them doing that, and of course you do have to mention it. Look, this is what I'm doing. I'm building. I need your partnership. And, and in doing that, I am able to build a network where I can help the homeless now. I can go. I can travel. I can help people get deliverance because God is changing the pattern of things. And people cannot wrap their mind around that to say God can do things his way to get his gospel right. out there. And I just wanted to say that. I'm going to stop right there. Woman of God, you, you, thank you so much once again. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Uh, uh, hearing from you, and, and, and you're so right. And, and you said something. You. Time has evolved, and and, and you're so right. Um, the, excuse me. The problem is, is that we haven't evolved with it. What do I mean by that? Uh, as, as you shared, we are stuck in a system or a way of doing things. That that that's what that means. Yes. We're stuck in a particular way of doing things, and we don't know anything else. So. I, I will also say this. When we look at Christianity as a whole, I'm not indicting my, 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 my faith. Um, you know, I like to study it and understand church history and how we got started and who this Messiah is. Uh, I, I would implore every follower of Christ to study church history just to get a better idea. Of what the of what the church is all about and how it got started, and even the fledgling church going back to the first, second, third, fourth century and forward, and just to get an idea of some of the struggles that the early church 
had to experience. And when we look at the denominations, it's 7.52, so I'll make my point quickly. I'm on for one hour. Uh, When we look at the struggles within the church from the early times till now, um, it's always been some sort of a schism or, or struggle, an argument regarding some doctrine. And because there are so many denominations, and we've had this conversation before regarding denominations. Uh, I don't follow, and those who follow uh, and listen to my program on kingdom empowerment, I don't identify with any denomination, uh, although I did grow up in a Catholic household uh, or, or sect of Christendom, whether Catholic or uh, uh, Pentecostal. Um, I don't identify with any particular religious affiliation. Uh, The reason being is because Jesus never spoke about any of them. There is no mention of Catholic. There is the only time we see Pentecostal is on the day of Pentecost that we read in Acts of the Apostles. But other than that, there is no mention of denomination in the Bible. So I'm, I'm, I'm past denomination, and I'm now asking, Lord what have you called me to do? I'm not concerned about denomination. What I'm concerned about and what we all should be concerned about is, Lord, are we doing what you said, Lord Jesus, to your disciples just before you ascended? And it's true. We have not evolved. We are stuck in a way of thinking. We are stuck in, a, as I said, a system. And until we break from that, we will always be in a mindset or or systematic mindset, if you will. Um, So there's a lot of people when you say kingdom, well, what does it mean, kingdom, kingdom? What what are you talking about, kingdom? And that's why I really wanted to talk about the importance of being born again. Being born again is kingdom. Jesus made it very clear. He said, except a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. So we must be born again in order for us to now enter into this relationship, this kingdom relationship. We must be like-minded. What does it mean to be like-minded? That means we must have the mind of Christ. As, as I shared with you in Philippians chapter 2, it's, it talks about being, putting on the mind of Christ. It's important that we think, we think, say, Lord Jesus, if I don't think like you do, help me. I'm praying, pray to the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, pray for me. Pray that my mind be more aligned with, with, with Christ's nature. Many of us think, well, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I'm like-minded. I mean, I, I want Jesus. But what we're talking about is Jesus in the Spirit. Not according to what we think we know, because the mind of God and the mind of, 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 of humanity, it, it's, it's, real, it's two different things. God's mind is infinite. Our mind is finite, meaning that we're limited. So in order for this kingdom mindset to now take uh, preeminence, we need to, as I said, be born again. We must be like-minded. We must now be willing to sacrifice, to smell like sheep, 
we must be willing to share the same desire that God would arise in the minds of those who don't know him. And I wanted to share that too. We must be willing to get our hands dirty, to go into the highways, to go into those dark places, to bring the gospel to those who do not know. We must be willing to demonstrate, as you said, woman of God, we must be willing to demonstrate by the anointing of the Holy Spirit to cast out demons and to heal the sick. Not everyone is anointed. I'm going to say this very quickly. And that's another thing, too. God has power. He has given us power before mighty acts. But I want to say this now, and I want you to hear me. If you are not anointed to, 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 to cast out demons and to heal the sick, and if you say, say, Lord, have you prepared my mind? Have you prepared me to be able to perform this type of ministry? Not everyone has that anointing. I'm going to say that again. Not everyone has that anointing. That is a power that, that, that the Lord had gave Jesus Christ to do. It is even a power, excuse me, that he gave the Apostle Paul and that he gave some of the disciples to, uh, uh, to perform as well. It is, some, it is an anointing. It is something that he has given them the power to do. We don't know who these individuals are. Now, some might say, well, hey, wait a minute. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I can cast out demons. Well, yeah, okay. Well, the seven sons of Siva thought that too. They said, yeah, okay. And they commanded demons to come out in Jesus' name, who Paul preached. But the demons did not recognize them. They says, no, we, we don't rec- Who are you? So unless you want that to be your faith, and I hope you don't, we have to make sure that God has anointed us. He has given us that power because it's important that we not glory in the fact that demons are subject to us in the name of Jesus, but glory to the fact that, hey, as the scripture says, that our name is in the Lamb's Book of Life, that now we are in heavenly places, that God knows who we are, and if God knows who you are, and he has anointed you to perform a certain work, trust me, and your life lines up, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, yes, those demons will recognize the power and the authority that you carry. Otherwise, they're not going to acknowledge you. They're not, in fact, they're probably going to laugh at you, and they're not going to acknowledge you, and they're not going to move. So, yeah, you can, cast, you can try to cast out those demons all you want, but you don't have the, you don't have the power nor the authority, so they won't move. So be very careful that the anointing is there. For, for that particular for that particular work. With that said, it is now seven fifty nine PM Eastern Standard Time. And I just want to thank the woman of God for for joining uh and and, and sharing uh here on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Uh once again I'm your host, Chaplain Kevin Graves. Uh I'm with you every second and fourth Monday of each month. I know today is Tuesday. I had to push back the time. Uh, to Tuesday, and I just want to thank you all. Thank you, uh, Dr. Sonny Agbomo. Thank you, Dr. Gandhi. Uh, thank you to your husband as well for allowing me 
the privilege, the privilege, and 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 also welcome home. By the way, um, uh, as well, it's always great having you back, and I hope uh, your travels were relaxing as well as uh, 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 of a benefit to uh, the kingdom as well. Uh, tonight's subject: How to build kingdom relationships. Uh, God bless you. I read the scripture in, in the opening. Uh, that scripture is in Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 through 15. My brothers and sisters, this is what we're called to do. This is what Jesus Christ has called us to do, and that's to advance the kingdom. And if you lack understanding or maybe need some assistance with that, get on your knees before God if you're able to. Get on your knees before God. Lay prostrate if you, if you can, if you can. And ask the Lord, say, Lord, what does kingdom mean? What is this? Because, Lord, I, I don't want breath to leave my body, not having done what you have called me to do. Enlighten me to what kingdom relationships are supposed to be like. Show me, Lord, I want to smell like kingdom. I want to look like kingdom. I, Lord, I, when people see me, I don't want them to see me. I want them to see your kingdom. These are things that we need to really ask. And sure, I'm sure there's a lot of houses of worship that are doing very good things for their communities. No doubt, no doubt. I don't doubt that. But in order for us to be kingdom ambassadors in the earth, people must see the kingdom. As I said, they must smell the kingdom. They must see the kingdom in demonstration. And they must see the power of God in the earth. And when we come together when we unify as kingdom ambassadors, as kingdom partners, in faith, in the name of Jesus, there is not a power in hell that can stop us. There is not a power in hell. There's no demon. Satan can't stop us. Kingdom unified. And our purpose and our vision is to advance the kingdom in the name of Jesus. And we're moving and, and, and we're building here and we're building there and we're setting up resources there. And we are moving not just in the States, but outside the parameters of the United States, international. And we're moving corporately and we're moving in power as the army of God. I long to see that. I long to see that. And the kingdom of God, hallelujah, longs to see it as well here on the earth. So with that said, <clears throat> with that said, my brothers and sisters, God bless you. Thank you and thank you for joining me tonight. <clears throat> Losing my voice a little bit. I talk too much, as many of you know. And I just want to say thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to, to uh, being with you once again. And thank you for your sharing, woman of God. God bless you. Uh, God bless you, Dr. Sonia Bomo, Dr. Gani, Mr. Gani, and for all of those who listened in. Uh, God bless. Thank you so much for joining me on Kingdom Empowerment Radio once again. And this is Chaplain Kevin Graves saying good night. God bless you and be well. <laughs>